This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Good to have you along and coming to you from beautiful, sunny, Phoenix, Arizona, and every day is a gift of life given to us from God. And we're blessed today to have two sisters in Christ sitting with me in studio. I have Jessica and I have Holly, and so welcome, ladies, to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. So what we're going to do is jump right in. I'm going to have each of you share your story. So we're going to start with you, Holly, and so we'll just go for it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I uh, made my first initial discovery uh, about my uh, my husband's pornography addiction 16 years into our marriage. And uh, it was an addiction that he hid very well. Uh, it's an addiction that spiraled out of control eventually is what led him to being caught. Um, and and I say that because I, I don't think had he not spiraled, it ever would have been caught. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it, you know, and I, I do feel like God was preparing me for that discovery, because when I made that discovery, and it was on October 31st of 2016, um, I just felt like the floor dropped out from underneath me. And my world just was completely different. And um, when I confronted my husband, he was not honest about Uh, any of the betrayals. And really what led to it was he had gone to Las Vegas on a business trip. And it was just throwing gasoline on the fire, basically, where um, between him consuming alcohol and uh, being led towards, quote unquote, gentlemen's clubs, um, although that's not what they are. he just left a he left a complete trail of um, betrayal, and that also included a prostitute. And um, ultimately, I started asking him questions about this. His bank account was drained when he went there, and he told me he lost his debit card and that it was it was stolen. So, just doing some investigation on. You know, I'm concerned about that. I believed him. I completely believed him. And so I'm worried about 
this lost debit card, and lo and behold, I start coming across some of the the transactions and some of his transactions there. And um, so once that Pandora's box was opened, um, shortly thereafter, I discovered the pornography history. And he hadn't really been hiding any of his history because he didn't have to. I never went looking. I never thought I had a reason to. I completely trusted my husband. Um, We had been through a lot. You know, we had survived some significant financial hardships starting in 2009. Um, He failed the bar three times, which that was what we were investing our livelihood in. Um, It just felt like we had finally come through on the other side, and then this happened. And so I mentioned I felt like God was preparing me for this. And what I mean by that is that uh, we had recently moved into a neighborhood where um, we met and started attending the church of a pastor that lives in our cul-de-sac. Um, once my husband realized that he had been discovered, he went straight to our pastor. And it was easy to do. He just walked two houses down and said, I need to talk to you. Um, and during that time, actually, I had uh, – agreed to be a captain of of a running team. It's a group called Ragnar. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, we went out into the desert and you run kind of like a a um, 24-hour marathon with a group of people. Um, I had to... Just in the middle of July, I got to ask. No, no. It was was the uh, end of October, beginning of November. So... um, but I, I, I did it right after discovery, and it was – I just remember that time of being in the desert. We're out at McDowell Mountains and running in the dark and just crying and just, you know, it was it was such despair. I, I, I went on my phone. I deleted every picture I had of my husband. Like, I was – I was so – devastated. And I mean, I just use that term in the sense that I I felt like my life was over. I'm like, I'm going to get divorced. I, I, I just wasn't even thinking like as a rational person would. I was in the middle of complete um, dismay. So shortly after I got back, uh, my husband said, you know, I've reached out to our pastor. He's referred me to a Christian counselor. Um, He introduced me to Covenant Eyes, and he starts sort of telling me, you know, these are the things that I'm doing to try to correct this already. And um, so I had never heard of Covenant Eyes, and I didn't even know pornography uh, addiction existed until this happened. And once I went online and started accessing some resources, um, I quickly found out it was real. And a lot of it started to make sense to me because of my husband's childhood. Um, he did not grow up in a, in a loving home. His mother was very neglectful. And even as an adult, um, still is, not a nurturing person. And we always said, how did, how did he turn out so good, you know, with – with that experience growing up, and the pornography is how he dealt with it. Um, 
So in any event, I ended up just crying for probably three days straight. I could not stop. And I was sitting literally, I think I was just lying on the floor in my office. And I just had this notion. I was like, call Will. And that was Will Hathaway, who was a pastor at a church that I had been on staff at administratively. And um, hadn't talked to Will in probably eight years. And I sent him a text and I was like, hey, can you talk? And immediately said, yep, what's going on? And um, that phone call is what saved my marriage, believe it or not. Mm. And I told Will what was happening. And um, he just, he gave me some really good advice. He actually got me to a point where I could finally feel some peace because I was afraid I was never going to find peace. I I just, I couldn't even function. And Will said, do you want me to talk to Andrew? And I said, yeah, I I do. That would be great. Um, And he just went to Andrew and he was like, hey, you know, if you don't stop lying and start telling the truth, you're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose everything that's important to you. This is your Hail Mary. This is your one chance because she's going to leave you. And she's perfectly within her right. You have broken every covenant in your marriage, basically. And um, at that point, Andrew was like, okay, I've got to, I have to stop. I mean, he was still at that point trying to just make excuses, cover up. It was... um, as little as he could uh, confess as possible. So it was at that point that he sat down and he said, listen, um, if you want a divorce, I, I completely understand, but I will never give up on you. And I will do anything that it takes to save our marriage because I realize I've made the biggest mistake of my life. And, and, and after that, you know, he was true to his word. And by no means do I want to make it sound like it was easy because it wasn't. And there were more things that trickled out that were re-traumatizing and re-traumatizing. And and I think if I could say one thing out there to your listeners um, for partners is telling the truth is the best way to inflict the less, the least amount of pain on your partner. Uh, I know that that's what he thought he was doing was good. He kept saying, I, I just don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. And I'm like, no, you don't want to hurt yourself. And, um, but I just kept telling him, I'm just like, I needed to know. And I know not everybody needs to know the truth and that's for them to decide. But for me, I needed to know. And, um, so it really took a long time of um, him going to counseling. He uh, got into Celebrate Recovery. He saw a Christian counselor for about two years. Um, and then he ended up getting into a sexual integrity group of men at our church. And he's needed every bit of that support 
to uh, maintain his sobriety. And, you know, up to this point, he has remained sober from pornography. Um, he has not remained sober from lustful thoughts. And and we have talked about that. We actually have uh, weekly check-ins. And um, he is able to speak very honest to me now about what's going on. Um, but I know it was terrifying for him to be discovered that way. And, you know, initially I didn't have a lot of sympathy for him at all. But um, once I realized the addiction and learned so much more about what was going on, um, I did. I, I I wanted to extend him that grace because I loved him. You know, I, I, even through all of that, I just loved him. And he was my best friend. It was terribly lonely to go through that because he is the person that I would go to when something devastating would happen. And then when I didn't have him to go to, it was it was so lonely. That's just all I can say. So um, today we are in a very good place. He was very encouraging um, to me to come today and tell our story. Um, he has shared it with the men's group at our church, and he really wants other men to know that you don't have to remain in that bondage. Um, and just the truth is the way, and what he had to learn was he he had to put Jesus first in his life, above me, about his desires, everything. And once he started to do that, he started to find some peace with his childhood, with his addictions, with his failures, with, you know, in his mind, what were failures. And, uh, I, you know, it's when you say, I, I, you know, we've, I'm glad it happened, but I would never want to go through it again. I am. I'm, I, I am glad because our marriage is stronger now. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of us are living such healthier, cleaner lives. Um, neither of us drink anymore because of it. My husband stopped drinking immediately after he was discovered. Um, I really struggled with using alcohol as a coping mechanism. Um, and it made it worse for me. And I realized this isn't helping, it's hindering. And so almost two years to today, it'll be that um, I have not used any alcohol in my life ever. And um, it's so much better, so much better. So, um, so that kind of in a nutshell is my story and I'm I'm um I'm happy to share it with you. Thank you, Holly. Mm-hmm. I do want to affirm want to affirm what you said about the truth is the only way through. Yeah. The lying just it makes it worse. It does. So Jessica, my friend. All right. So I think uh, basically all our stories are very similar yet very different um in discoveries and timing and stuff like that, but um, we all go through the same stuff, um, and which is why I'm here, actually, because what it can do to a wife or a husband, whoever it is that goes through this, is is very traumatizing. 
And it, the topic is a very isolated topic. Um, and so you feel very isolated initially um, until you actually find that there's wonderful people out there all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so my story was my husband and I were best friends for like seven years before we even got married. And we were just back and forth, always friends. And then we got married about five years ago, initially got pregnant right away. So it was a big life change for me from single life for so many years to married and now moved out to a farm, which was always my dream. 20 acres, animals. I'm a vet, so I love animals. And I was like, my dream. Yay, I'm a mom. Finally, everything's coming. And boom, I got hit with my husband and the lies and the pornography and um, I'm pregnant now so maybe I'm extra emotional but I think it's just a very emotional thing in general and so I'm struggling with being so happy to be a mom finally but dealing with a marriage that's just such a mess and I like Holly didn't understand pornography and that it is a real thing I kind of just oh he can stop he can stop and so Years of marriage, long story short, you know, discoveries and more discoveries. And um, then I just kind of felt very lonely. And I'm like, what? I can't even go to my family. I just was stuck. And so I prayed one night and Mike's group came up. And sorry, the next day I found amazing women that are still in my life today that we pray almost weekly or weekly for our husbands, for our families. And that support has been life-changing for me because if not, the woman or the husband, whoever it is that is betrayed, needs more healing, I think, because it's in your heart. And to find people that understand and help you and pray together for it was just amazing it was really even though i'm still in the same thing i was different i could see my baby i could hold him i wasn't in some dream anymore of like when is this gonna stop um and then i got hit with health crisis on top of it and um so long story short now um last fall i was looking to separate from my husband and God came in an amazing way through Mike's group again, not only just for my healing this time when I found the women years ago, but for my husband's healing. And I learned that you can't control it. I wanted to control, like, let's get passwords. Let's do this. Let's let's do this because I'm a go-getter. I am. But you can't control it. And so my lesson those last two years was a lot of letting go. And I just had to trust in God that he's going to do what's best for me. And that trust is what led me to be here today. I'm trusting that these words, whatever it is, will bring others out of isolation so that they don't have to go through this alone. And their husbands can get the support they need through prayers because miracles happen. And maybe not every marriage is going to be saved, but I do believe strongly that prayers can change things in a day. And um, 
so my husband actually set up an intensive for us, and by a miracle, I showed up, to be honest, because I was done. <laughs> but I knew things were of God, and I knew I needed to show up. And um, today we are still struggling, but we are in a better place than we were last fall. Um, and I know it's through Mike and his group with the women group. They have a support group for the women as well. And through God. And that's what their whole group is based on is, you know, God's doing the work. And I know that my healing has come to trusting in him and not trying to control and, and realizing that he's the one that's healing me. Because I'm finally finding healing despite what my husband has been choosing. And so I hope anyone out there that feels isolated like I did four years ago in a very lonely place that they reach out because what I found too is that is actually more common than we think and it is in our families, it is in our home, it is in our friends' lives, it is everywhere. And especially nowadays with after the isolation that we got more last year from COVID, and so I hope that you can reach out. The group here is amazing, but pray about it, and you will find the right people will just come right into your life when you need it. But don't feel isolated anymore. Despite husband, wife, whatever it is, you can fight this, and it, you can get peace even in a mess. And Mike actually gave me a scripture um, when we did our intensive back in December, and it is Joel 2.25, and it says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. And when he gave me that, to be honest, in December, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I am sick. My health is gone. My marriage is a mess. And just in three months, I finally see this is actually happening. He is restoring things. And it's amazing because I really thought Mike was crazy at the time. <laughs> but that's how fast God can work in, in you, in your husband, in your wife. And the thing I learned the most is letting go and letting him do the work. Um, because a lot of times I think we or minds try to control things. And I think that's my biggest lesson, letting go, trust in him, and find the support. You're not alone. Thank you, Jessica. I appreciate you both sharing from your heart. And the theme I hear from both of you is community, that there's no do-it-yourself programs in this deal. And even scriptures say that, you know. Yeah to get that help and I just feel like it's a topic that's the problem the topic is leading us to it mm. yeah well and I, I also just want to completely enforce that um, you can't control your husband's addiction you do have to let go you can pray for him um, and the other thing that I, I do want to say and this was the first thing that Will said to me was this is not your fault mm. And I think it's important for women or, or men to understand that it's not their fault. Um, 
So you can't control it, and it's not your fault. Can you share just for a moment, because I think some people are going to struggle with how do I let go? Can either or both of you talk to that a little bit? My way is just literally letting go. Don't search. Don't do anything. Just pray and have others pray for you. Yeah. That was how I did it. Prayer. Absolutely. I agree. It, it Don't go looking for it. Uh, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, and you're you're almost um, uh, you know drawn to it. So mm. don't do that. Trust. Stay in the Word and pray. Okay, we got a minute left. Both of you, fifteen seconds. Last words. Uh, I just I just want to say uh, if you're out there and you need help, your husband or a wife, reach out today immediately because there is help. There is hope and. Uh, it is so beautiful on the other side. Mm. Trust in God. And like I Holly said, find people. Get out of isolation. Both of you. Mm. Today. <laughs> That's great, ladies. And thank you for joining us. And they're going to be back with us next week. So I want to encourage you to, to come back and listen in. So thank you for joining us. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.